Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 4th of July 2020. And the title of this episode is D&D Struggles with Sex. Last week on this podcast, we asked the question, Are you still a geek? That was in response to Me Too issues in the tabletop gaming space. After recording that podcast, I set out to find some positive and fun stories because I concluded that I am still a geek, despite disliking some shady aspects of the community. That mission to find uplifting stories came off the rails less than 24 hours later. The story that tees up a week of drama comes from the very heart of D&D, the Gygax family. Previously, on the blog, I've already reported that Luke Gygax has filed some court documents to support the claim that there's a second Gary Gygax will. The person with the most to lose from that court process is Gary's widow, Gail Gygax. This week, Gail Gygax has been trying to sell some D&D legacy items, even though not all the Gygax family want her to. Luke Gygax is asking fans not to bid in the auction. What's up for grabs are sell illustrations of her proposed D&D cartoon. They include new designs for a Dungeon Master character. I imagine it's a debate where, on one side, people need money, but on the other, the firmly held conviction that the Gygax legacy should be owned by the family. A few days later, the news cycle swung back to the Gygax name and the early days of D&D. Wizards of the Coast have told the community that they will be working harder on diversity within D&D. It's a comment that has aggravated some people, but D&D 5e has no default setting, and so I don't see the need for the core rules to preserve any setting aesthetics, histories, or cultural hang-ups. Daniel Kwan, one of the authors of the DM's Guild Unbreakable Adventure Collection, and the co-host of the Asians Represent podcast, called out Wizards of the Coast for still selling the first edition version of Oriental Adventures. Oriental Adventures has Gary Gygax's name slapped on the front of the book, although he didn't write it. The concern about the book extends beyond the use of the word Oriental. It's about the way the book mashes together lots of different Asian cultures to present one fetishised view. Quan points out that Wizards of the Coast, despite their commitment to diversity and avoiding racial caricatures, is still selling Oriental Adventures and making money from it. Daniel Kwan finds the book offensive, but you might not. Kwan admits he doesn't find The Legend of the Five Rings offensive, but you might. Oriental Adventures is a bestseller. A 5e version of the book is a common request. In Geeknator's coverage of the story, I've included screenshots of Google's search suggest tool as a slightly better than anecdotal evidence to indicate that people want Asian mythology in their 5e games. I think we're still finding our way forward with some of this. A common sense suggestion is that if you are planning an RPG supplement inspired by Asian mythology, and you're not Asian yourself, then get somebody who is involved. Get them to read and vet your work, at the very least. We barely had time to recover our breath after all the debates around Oriental Adventures when the 2020 Any nominations were announced. We can congratulate the judges' spotlight winners already. Well done to J Dragon for Sleepaway, to Leatherman Games for Glitter Hearts, to Chaosium 
for Refractions in Glastown, to Mackenzie Diaramas and Levy Phipps for Gnarls Candy Compendium, and Lost Highway Games for Hit the Streets, Defend the Block. Shortly after the nominee announcement, a Best Electronic Book candidate, Massive Press, tweeted to say that they did not see why other publishers would be happy to be nominated. They pointed out that a past winner, back in 2017, contained some inappropriate content. Massive Press book is Lancer, and please know I backed Lancer at Kickstarter and I have given it a positive review, but what comes next is my first direct contact with Massive. I asked on Twitter whether they would withdraw from the Ennies. They said that they would refuse the prize if they won. In the end, Massive Press withdrew from the competition. I can see why some people think that the whole drama was a publicity stunt. After all, they would have had to have confirmed to the Ennies that they were happy to receive the nomination. But there's more than one person at Massive Press, though. As I understand it, one of the team nominated the book and approved its progression. Another member of the team is responsible for the tweet. I have no evidence, but my gut feeling is that this was a mix-up and not a PR stunt. Massive Press has gained nothing. In the 2020 Ennies, they've been replaced by Uncaged Volume 3. That's a collection of D&D adventures that looks to challenge tropes around female mythological monsters. The story, though, doesn't end there. The 2017 winner that Massive Press objected to is a Lamentations of the Flame Princess adventure called Blood in the Chocolate. The adventure is a gory parody of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The element that Massive Press objects to is a random encounter with sexual assault and murder happening in the background. The objection is to the sex, not to the killing, and that foreshadows some of the controversies we'll get to shortly. Some gamers came to the defence of Blood and Chocolate. It's an optional scene. Gamers can have adult encounters in their tabletop adventures if they want. The public voted the adventure winner of the prestigious Ennies, so how bad could it be? That's some of the debates and the arguments in favour of the book that I've seen. But on the other side of the coin, the encounter added nothing to the adventure and was seen as shameless shock value. Then, the adventurer's author, Kiel Chenna, spoke up. Kiel disowned the book. They regret writing it. The author says they were trying to be edgy because that's what they thought Lamentations of the Flame Princess fans also wanted. Kiel points out that they no longer write for Lamentations, not after the founder, James Raggy, used the controversial Jordan Peterson to promote the company. Kiel would, if they could, remove Blood and Chocolate from sale. However, they sold the rights and they can't. It's worth noting that the Ennies have had both a change of leadership and of policies since 2017. It's not quite the same awards today as it was then. The Ennies are no longer part of Enworld, for example. While all this was going on, a row over gay vampires was breaking out. The DM's Guild had asked Oliver Clegg to remove some art in a D&D adventure called Curse of Hearts. The marketing for the product says, It's not really an adventure, I just want people to get gay with vampires. The DM's Guild thought the book's art was too sexy. I'm not an expert in homoerotic art, but there's a clear pecking order in the three pierces that the DM's Guild identified. There's a sexy male wood nymph person with a strategically placed branch between his legs. The DM's Guild 
didn't ask for that to be censored, but they recommended it. Then there's a, a pink slime boy, an ooze, with a tendril rising up from a dripping puddle to cover that crucial spot in his nakedness. And his chest is bare. Then, lastly, there's a magically headless knight using his own still-alive head to lick down his chest and, yes, lower. Clegg, who Geek Native has interviewed before, and who I reached out to before covering the story, didn't censor the art, not to the DM Guild's satisfaction. And so the DM's Guild removed the product. This led to a debate about whether or not sexy art for men is treated in the same way as sexy art for women or gay men. It's not hard to find naked female demons or monsters with strategically placed obstructions. If it's okay for the female form, then why not for the male form? Clegg had been told that Curse of Art would be welcome on drive through RPG. The same company runs both, but Wizards of the Coast are involved with the DM's Guild. That's their shop front for third-party Dungeons & Dragons content. Just a day or so later, the DM's Guild announced that they would be working with Wizards of the Coast to try and tackle the issue. They wanted some guidelines, and in the meantime, offered to put Curse of Hearts back on sale. Clegg, the author, has refused, but only until those guidelines are sorted out. That's a good initiative, but from recent Twitter posts, I suspect the early conversations have hit the predictable stumbling point. What's that? That's the violence and death in games like D&D. How can it be family-friendly to slay the evil knight, raise his body from the battlefield with dark magic, and use it to hack your way into the Baron's castle from an opposing political faction, but it not be okay to seduce the Baron? There's one last Wizards of the Coast versus Boob story to cover before we get on with other RPG news. Wizards of the Coast have stripped Twitch streamer Elizabeth Arden from the Magic Creative Program for linking the game with sexualized postings. Eden does have a patron at which people can pay her a monthly fee to access sexy selfies. Those are her words and not mine. You don't get to see any of those on Geek Native this week, but I did find one Twitter image that I hope appropriately visualizes the sort of content Eden produces. It would be a breach of the Magic Creative Program to be promoting such a patron. The debate is whether or not Withers are being hypocritical. There are ex-adult video stars who were strongly associated with their brand and who even appeared in D&D Live this year. The keyword there, of course, is X. Is all the art in Magic the Gathering demure all the time? The debate will range. I think that's a catch-up of all the controversies that Geek Nation covered this week. Let's find some time for good news. The convention logistics site, Tabletop Events, has been saved. The Connor Champions raised enough money for a skeleton crew to keep the site going until the end of the year. The new twist is that Board Game Geek has stepped in to take control of the company. Monty Cook's RPG Invisible Sun is sold in a huge black cube that costs $252. The PDF version is $99. Right now though, you can get the PDF in a bundle of holding for just $25. Rebellion is getting back into RPG publishing. Rebellion is a large European studio who make games like Sniper Elite and publish magazines like Judge Dredd and 2000 AD. Their newly created Rebellion Unplugged division is working on a Sniper Elite board game and this week announced Adventure Presents, a series of standalone RPGs in magazine form. The Kickstarter for the first is running already. 
I spoke to both Rebellion and N Publishing about whether this might affect the Judge Dread RPG we already have. That's published by N Publishing. Both companies told me that the relationship is unaffected. Rebellion told me there's a slate of Judge Dread and World of 2080 products lined up. It's worth noting that Rebellion has been in the RPG sphere before. They've owned or owned parts of Cubicle 7 and Mongoose Publishing. And Cubicle 7, in its new home in Ireland, has been busy. They've given us a good look at what's next for Wrath and Glory. That's the Warhammer 40k RPG they took control of. The revised PDF is out, and they're working on the errata, and they're publishing the physical book next. Geek Native has a timeline of the books that come afterwards. The World of Darkness has some good news this week too, with the announcement that the popular Twitch streamer Martiana Outstarzich is on board to host World of Darkness news and will help with the World of Darkness community. Justin and Chile makes the return to the World of Darkness as the creative lead. Lastly, as we're in a new month, please don't forget that Geek Native patrons can vote in the RPG Publisher Spotlight. If you support the site and the blog with just $1 a month, you can vote. The RPG Publisher Spotlight has a new home section to make finding past winners easier. If you do stop over at the site, then the most recent winner to receive a write-up is the Italian illustrator Dario Colaro. All sorts of people, including the president of Chaosium, have been happy to say great things about Dario. This, after all, is what the RPG Publisher Spotlight is about, giving people a boost. So if you can support it with a vote or a visit, thank you. Keep safe, keep well, and we'll speak next time.